Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. Just a quick reminder that we rely on people like you to do stories like this. The Sprawl is driven by our members, people who pitch in a few dollars a month to support independent Alberta journalism. Please consider signing up. You can do so at sprawlcalgary.com. The next stop, Sprawlcast. You're listening to Sprawlcast. My name is Jeremy Clausus, and I'm the founder and editor of The Sprawl. Sprawlcast is a show made in collaboration with CJSW 90.9 FM, and we are broadcasting slash podcasting from Calgary in Treaty 7 territory. Sprawlcast is a show for Albertans who want more than the daily news grind. We don't do press release journalism, and we go deep to bring you stories you won't hear anywhere else. I think a lot of physicians are feeling quite helpless and um, hopeless, and that's why uh, there are continual reports of people leaving. It seems like every day I'm hearing from somebody new who's decided to leave Alberta. It's not that they want to leave. In fact, a lot of these folks are pretty torn up about it. They love this place, and they want to make a good life here. But they don't see a future here when the Alberta government is hell-bent on recreating the past. There are a lot of Albertans who don't see themselves reflected in this vision. These folks are artists, doctors, photographers, you name it. People in different age groups who have made the difficult decision to move on. Now, if I'm honest, I've thought of leaving Alberta too. When I have a friend who up and moves with his family to Victoria, I think to myself, well, wouldn't that be nice? Especially when every day here seems to bring another round of gratuitous bad news. As one example, I read in the Calgary Herald this morning that the Kenny government is considering cutting AISH next year. This is the provincial program that supports folks with disabilities so they can pay for their basic needs. Like, what are we thinking in this province? Anyways, the long and short of it for me is that I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here with the sprawl and you people, and I am genuinely happy about that part. But others are leaving, and I get why. And as I kept hearing more and more of these stories, I thought, you know what, we should share some of these stories on Sprawlcast, because if people are leaving this province that we know and love, we should find out why. And we should try to make Alberta better so people stay. Hadil Abdelnabi has been looking into this for the sprawl. For this episode, she spoke with a couple of folks who are facing the tough decision of whether to stay or leave Alberta. I got some bittersweet news a few days ago. My close friend, Adil Khan, is moving to Toronto. Although I've lived in Calgary my whole life, I've never felt like a real Albertan. I don't like to hike. I don't like to camp. I don't like being outside in general, if we're being honest. But I think playing into that self-assigned narrative hindered me for a while. I didn't take the time to explore this province or really appreciate it. That's where Adil and I differ. He moved here for high school and has been making the absolute most of Alberta since then. He really loved living here. And as cliche as it might sound, he explored and appreciated good old Alberta like a tourist. And that always inspired me, not enough to spend a night in a tent swallowing bugs, but definitely enough to see the value of living here. 
So I wish I could say I was surprised when he told me he was leaving, but I wasn't. Alberta's not just a beautiful landscape. Alberta is also its government. He graduated from Mount Royal University last year where we met with a degree in marketing. And like so many recent grads before him, he was confronted with how unfriendly Alberta's job market can be. So for the first year, I was just like struggling, um, just applying to jobs, not hearing back. I went to like career services, got my resume looked at, and did all the workshops. Like I, did, I think I did like seven or eight workshops just on applying and writing resumes and networking. And I would go to like a lot of networking events. Those didn't really help. So I guess what pushed me to kind of make this move was um, I got an opportunity in uh, in Ontario. And although it's not like anything crazy amazing, it's something. So that's making me want to go there now. Because I've literally tried everything here and nothing's worked. For entry-level positions, you have to be working seven years or five years or something like that. Whereas in Toronto, it's like people would are, I feel like, more willing to take the risk on you when you're a fresh grad or um, just out. The UCP talks a lot about creating jobs and saving Alberta and the economy, but those mantras have proven to be self-serving platitudes. I think whenever like I hear the Alberta government talk about creating jobs, it's just focused on um, like oil and gas, energy, big corporations, um, and those fresh grads that are you know graduating from Mount Royal. Um, they're not really looking to get into oil and gas. They're trying to get into other niches and um, other opportunities that don't really exist here. So my friend is moving away. Not for a lack of trying to stay. Not because he hated living here, but because it's his only option. I have like a mix of emotions. I'm kind of happy that I'm getting my life started finally. But also sad because like I'm leaving a, a lot of people and relationships that I have here. It's not just young grads packing up and heading out. You've probably heard about the UCP's war on doctors by now. Tahseen Ladha, a physician from Edmonton, has watched the rhetoric play out on social media for months. And now she and her husband are considering leaving too. I had the opportunity to chat with her about what brought her family to this point. So here's that interview. Thank you so much for joining me, Tahseen. Thanks for having me, Habil. It's a pleasure to be on. So you are currently the assistant professor in the Department of Pediatrics at the Faculty of Medicine and Dentistry at U Alberta. Is that correct? Sorry, that's a long title. But a mouthful. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. And when did you start there? Uh, so I started at the University of Alberta. It's been five years. And can you tell me a little bit about your background? What brought you to Alberta in the first place? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So I was actually born in London, England, um, to uh, immigrant parents from um, India and East Africa, respectively. And when I was quite young, they uh, immigrated to Alberta, um, to Edmonton. And that's where I completed most of my schooling, including medical school. 
Um, I did leave briefly to do my residency in Calgary uh, at the Alberta Children's Hospital and subsequently um, did an exchange as well in Australia in Brisbane for six months. And then I worked in the States for a year while my husband did a fellowship. So I worked at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I worked at, um, I worked in Kelowna or just outside Kelowna actually for a few months while my husband completed another fellowship um, training. And then we made our way back to Edmonton where we both uh, got jobs and we've been here ever since. Oh, so you've been all around. Yeah, we've moved around quite a bit and I've had the opportunity to practice medicine um, in different provinces as well as different countries, which has given me a good perspective on different health systems. So early last month, to that point, you posted a thread on Twitter that's been quite popular. And you said that you and your husband, who you mentioned is also a physician, were seriously considering leaving Alberta despite it feeling like home. What prompted that? Yeah, that's right. Um, we have so we both have really strong roots here. We both have our families here um, in Edmonton and Calgary, respectively. Uh, and you know, we have considered it a permanent home until um, you know about a year ago. Uh, and and I'd say that the things that have taken place uh, to make us question our decision to stay here permanently have been um, really the the devaluation of physicians and other uh, professionals in the health system and education system in Alberta, um, as well as um, the disrespect um, and really the vilification of physicians um, on social media, in the media, uh, by the government, um, and a really um, dramatic change, which has been the lack of security in our uh, careers. Um, and this has come about by a number of um, bills and legislation that uh, has allowed our Minister of Health to unilaterally cancel our contract. So essentially, in Alberta right now, all physicians are working um, without any contract at all, not knowing whether they could have a job the next day, um, whether they'll be mandated to work in a certain city or town, um, what the terms of their employment will be, um, you know, one month one week, even one day from now. Um, so it's become quite a toxic environment and uh, and it really um, it really hangs heavy um, on on us, especially since uh, you know the majority of physicians do in fact go into the medical field um, due to a passion for science, physiology, and also sorry to interject, but the audio cuts out a little bit here. She talks a little bit more about why doctors become doctors in the first place, and a passion for helping people is a really big part of that. Being portrayed as uh, people uh, who who simply want more um, money or um, are really materialistic has been really damaging to um, a lot of us and, and really uh, terrible for morale. And how does that compare to other provinces that you've worked in? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, um, when I, I worked in BC, uh, there certainly wasn't that sort of environment. Um, you know, it, it did feel like physicians were valued. And even working in Alberta prior um, to the pandemic and prior to um, the election a year ago, um, there there weren't these concerns. We had 
um, a good, uh, we had a contract, uh, we had a good system of ensuring that there was negotiation if there were issues with the contract with the government. Um, and, and, you know, that's really what it is, is it's that engagement of, of key stakeholders, that listening um, to the population that you're affecting, um, and that bilateral and mutual respect that's so important. And that's been present uh, really in all the places I've worked, um, including Alberta up to quite recently. Um, and, you know, something that I think is so important is that many uh, of the public and many, many citizens feel that this is sort of a private, um, personal battle between physicians and the government that doesn't really impact them. And our concerns collectively as physicians is that this, in fact, will impact patient care so strongly and so negatively. And one of the many things that has affected um, our morale is the fact that we know we're not going to be able to provide the same quality of patient care with the changes that have been made um, and the changes that are coming. Um, so aside from having a huge brain drain um, with doctors leaving, there's a push towards privatization, which is going to increase health disparities. Um, and, you know, there's there's a lot of things that are that are happening that are going to increase wait times and decrease timely access to healthcare, and that affects every single Albertan because all of us um, are or will be patients of the healthcare system at one point in our lives. And with all of that going on, all of the consequences and the uncertainty and feeling devalued and disrespected, what has it been like for you over the past several months? It's, it's been very um, sad. It's been very disappointing uh, because when you spend over 12 years um, of your life in post-secondary education um, with the hopes of, you know, helping and healing and treating patients, and then you're pushed into the middle of a pandemic where you're literally putting your life at risk seeing patients, um, and then you, you're not even feeling like you're heard um, or listened to by our leadership. And instead, you, you are actually being put down publicly um, on social media uh, by our leadership. It, it's, it, it is very sad and very disappointing. Um, and I think a lot of physicians are feeling quite helpless and um, hopeless. And that's why uh, there are continual reports of people leaving. So recently, there was a report of the majority of doctors um, in a sundry clinic that are discontinuing services. Um, that's going to affect rural care significantly. Um, there's also reports of medical specialists in both Edmonton and Calgary that are leaving. Um, and, and all of this is just really uh, going to negatively impact patient care um, and really negatively impact physician morale. So what would be the last straw that would push you to leave? Because at this point, you and your husband are both still considering leaving Alberta, but what would be that driving factor? You know, that's a good question. Um, we've definitely said that uh, if the current um, leadership is reelected, uh, I think that would would definitely be a last straw for us. And, and I think for many, many physicians, um, having said that with what's already happened in a year, 
there's a lot more that could happen and we're seeing a lot more on the horizon. So um, some changes are coming that would give the government increased regulatory power over physicians so that they could mandate not only where we work, um, but also uh, manage the complaint process against us um, and, and things that were generally managed by our College of Physicians and Surgeons in the past. Um, and so I think if some of those things come into effect, uh, we will reconsider again. Um, so I think it really depends on how far uh, is this, um, you know, push towards privatization, uh, the cuts um, in the public health care system, uh, how far will they go? And, and if they if they go to a point where we feel like we can't provide good patient care within the system, I think that would be one of the last straws. But certainly if there was a re-election of this leadership, I think that would uh, trigger a lot of us um, uh, to move on. So where would you go? Uh, you know, we haven't decided. Um, we would like to stay in Canada. Um, and I think we would look at other provinces and see where the job opportunities are. Um, you know, my husband's fairly specialized, and so um, there would have to be a job opening in his field. Um, but other than that, I think we would be fairly flexible about where we went. Um, and I think the fact that us, as well as so many other um, families, uh, physician families are considering this or have already left when they have such deep roots in Alberta really speaks a lot um, as to what this has done to our health system already and what we anticipate um, happening to our health system uh, within the next couple of years. Um, you know, people are willing to leave to get a similar uh, income. So, you know, the money won't be very different. Um, but what will be different is just uh, the ability to have um, respect as well as uh, feel like you can make a difference um, in patients' health uh, within a system that works. Yeah, I think that's what really struck me about what you posted on Twitter is feeling like a prairie girl at heart, but feeling like you're forced to leave a place that you love um, if it ever comes down to it. Yeah, and it's and it's true, and it's so sad. And but you know, it's it's funny because you know, being a visible minority and being an immigrant, um, you know, I've always, I never really thought of myself that way. But then after having lived in many different places and coming back to Alberta, um, I, I just felt so at home when we came back um, that I realized, and I, and I remember driving and looking at um, the flat plains and being able to see the horizon for for kilometers and kilometers and thinking, wow, I really like this landscape. So, um, you know, I really am a prairie girl. And so, um, yeah, so we really do, we do, and we did love our jobs um, and we do love the province, um, but it's becoming more and more difficult. And I think, you know, aside from work, there's so many other things going on uh, in the province uh, with our education system which is also starting to be um, slowly dismantled. And I think there'll be a push uh, towards privatization of schools as well. Um, there's been some um, issues uh, towards nurse, nursing professionals um, and other healthcare professionals. Uh, and I think just generally some of the sentiments uh, are really values that we disagree on. Um, 
So, you know, we're quite um, strongly against racism and discrimination. Um, inclusion and diversity is really important to us, uh, as well as feminism. And, you know, it just feels like we're going a bit backwards right now. And that's something we certainly don't want to see. And that's certainly an environment we don't want to raise our children in. Do you feel like there's much of a choice at this point, whether you stay or or leave? You know, I guess there's always, it always is, um, it always is our choice in that uh, we do have um, the liberty to stay. Um, but having said that, uh, we do feel like our hand is being forced a bit um, because I really don't know of any other employee in any company or any, um, you know, any civil servant who would work without a contract. Um, you know, some of these things that are coming into place are basic rights, basic worker rights, workers' rights, and, um, you know, even basic human rights, like being able to decide uh, where you'll work after all that post-secondary education and training. So, you know, I do think there's a bit of... Um, a bit of that where where physicians are feeling forced to um, make a decision that they don't necessarily want to take. Um, and, you know, it, we'll, we'll just have to see how many do leave. And, you know, right now we've chosen to stay and see if we can uh, advocate um, for not only for physicians, of course, but for our patients, for our vulnerable populations, for the people that are really going to be affected by legislations that have been passed or are coming into um, into effect, um, and not just within the health system, but but overall. And so, my hope is that if uh, our voices are strong enough um, and our our activism um, is is loud enough that we can create change. Um, but you know, we have been trying, many groups have been trying for some time and there hasn't seemed to be any, uh, any movement, um, or any listening, which has been quite difficult. And would feeling heard and seeing some movement happen, would that keep you in Alberta or bring you back if you end up leaving? Yeah, I think it would, you know, I think, a big piece of what's happening here is the lack of engagement, um, lack of engagement, lack of listening, lack of having uh, key stakeholders at the table, open communication and honesty, you know, just being really honest about what's going on, um, not twisting words and portraying um, groups um, in a certain way, uh, but rather just you know, having people around a table um, and trying to figure out the best way forward for the province and for the majority of people in the province. Um, you know, I think that's really what's needed. And I think if that were to happen, um, that would really uh, be a step forward. You know, an example of this is that since our contract has been cancelled, there have been multiple attempts by our representation, the Alberta Medical Association, uh, to reach out to our Minister of Health um, and even our um, Premier uh, to try to have a conversation, have a discussion. Um, we've proposed uh, fee cutbacks, um, you know, all the things that we think perhaps uh, would, would be helpful to the province during this difficult time. 
but none of those have even been uh, responded to. Um, and even the cancelling of our contract was not um, notified to our um, to the Alberta Medical Association. Uh, we actually heard about it through the media. In an environment where uh, we're not even spoken to or um, have the opportunity to uh, be heard or or hear what's going to happen, it's it's very difficult um, to uh, make any progress. If you did have that opportunity to be listened to, what would you say to the the current UCP government? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I think I would say on behalf of patients, firstly, um, that we need to look at innovative and creative ways as a province of optimizing patient care within our health budget. Um, and I think secondly, so so firstly, it would be about patient care. Um, and secondly, I think I would say um, that uh, as a group of uh, physicians and healthcare professionals, we do uh, wish to have open communication about a contract and again, come to an agreement on something that uh, will work within Alberta's economy uh, while still allowing um, physicians input um, on the healthcare system because really um, people within medicine are the experts. And if they're not being consulted when drastic changes are made to the health system, uh, we know that that's not going to turn out well. Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to keep you much longer because I know you're a very, very busy woman. (laughs) But if there was one thing, the most important thing, I suppose, that you want the listeners to take away from this, what would it be? I think the most important thing to understand is that uh, the actions of the government right now in the health system towards physicians is impacting every single citizen of Alberta. Um, I think that everybody needs to know that this is something that they should all be engaged in because it's going to impact them directly. If um, we uh, end up um, in a privatization model, which we're already moving towards with some of the legislation that's been passed, People will be waiting longer, uh, costs will be astronomical, and patient care will be of poor, poor quality. And, and those are things that are all um, published in the scientific literature on studies that have been done uh, in private healthcare. Um, and so I think the really important message is, you know, if you value universal healthcare, um, if you value your health system being um, you know, being accessible uh, and being good quality, then you need to speak out and we need to really band together uh, because otherwise we're not going to be heard. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Again, I I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Absolutely. Thanks, Hadil. It was a pleasure to speak with you. End of line. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Sprawlcast. 
You can follow us on social media at Sprawl Calgary on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And hey, make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's called Saturday Morning Sprawl, and we send it out, well, every Saturday morning. You can sign up at sprawlcalgary.com. The Sprawl team is myself, assistant editor Jimena Gonzalez, staff writer intern Hadil Abdelnabi, comics artist Sam Hester, and art director Chris Pecora. This episode was edited by me and Hadil Abdelnabi. Our theme music is by Dan D. Augustino and Kenny Murdoch. Our C Train narrator is Holly McConnell. Thanks for listening and see you next time. before you go, just a friendly reminder that The Sprawl is crowdfunded. We rely on our listeners to make it possible for us to tell stories like this one. Please consider becoming a Sprawl member today. You can sign up at sprawlcalgary.com.